But before I, I came here this morning, you might want to know the details, but I was in the shower. Uh, and I was, I was praying in the shower of like, God, where do you want us to lead this morning? And, and just the words of, um, do you know what, Jonathan? In the past, you've kind of now and again settled for less. Uh, and I just felt that was a bit of a, a wake-up call, and actually for all of us, not to settle for less. And, and as we go through what uh, I believe God's saying to us this morning, uh, and uh, thanks to Ralph and Stephen for the words that they've shared, uh, actually, I think it's time for us not to settle for less, for us to get out of those trenches, to go into no man's land, because God's with us, not to not let disappointment in the past stop us from what God's doing for us next. And we sung earlier, didn't we? I'm running for your love. Yeah, and it's just an amazing picture of somebody kind of sprinting after God's love. And I was thinking, yeah, I much prefer to watch them on the telly. It's so much easier. You're kind of in your soft sofa and you go, yeah, keep running. Uh, and actually, that, that's not what we need to do. We need to be running for God's love. So in response to all of that, I just want you to stand. I want you to wag, waggle, waggle, I don't know, limber up. Uh, you get ready for the run that God's got you to do, to break out of those shackles from the past. Don't do yourself an injury. Uh, and I'm just going to pray. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you now. We thank you that actually we need you to change. We need you to go forward. We need you to help us not only get out of the trenches, but when we're in no man's land, because you're with us and you're there and you know what's going on. And we need you. We need you to break us out of our sitting on the armchair, break us out of settling for less and just come and challenge us, come and stir us. And as we just metaphorically limber up our bodies, we just want to limber up our soul and pour out to you and say, come Holy Spirit, change life transform us this morning. Amen. Amen. So we're in Ephesians 3. Oh, thank you. Uh, in Ephesians 3 uh, and starting at chapter 14. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's a passage that's just so amazing about, about how Paul prays for them to chase after God, to pursue God. Uh, and uh, he says this, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ that is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Now, some of you might not know me. I'm Jonathan Walter. Uh, I normally go to the South site. If you're wondering, oh, do I go to baptisms in the South and make that go uh, next week? We have biscuits, just to uh, <laughs> let you know. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it would just be brilliant to see you there and great just to worship God as, uh, as uh, the church together. 
Uh, I, this is just so, such an amazing passage, and there's so much into it. And I really feel like I should do like the last few preachers before me. Uh, and when it says right at the beginning, when I think of this, just reflect back of what's gone on the last few weeks. But there's no time for that. So if you want to know that, there's loads of sermons right on the, the website for you. So go back and listen, because it's so amazing. There is so much truth in Ephesians. But, but when I read this passage, when you read this passage, what one, what one verse do you think, that's what I want? Come on, quickly, shout out. What verse do you want out of all that? Which verse is it? Verse 20. Oh, we want a 17 over there. I'm with verse 20. There's a few 19s. Do you know what? Ah, I want 20. I want to see God do immeasurably more than I ask or imagine. Because I find that just so amazing, so unbelievable. Because we've got a God who is all-powerful, who created heavens, earth, stars, planets, elephants, ants, all that kind of stuff. And he's going to do more than I can ask or imagine. And I can imagine pretty big. So, so I've got a mansion. I've got a nice little swimming pool at the back. There's a nice little lake. There's only a small yacht, because I don't want to ask for everything, do you? You, you, you kind of. So I, I'm imagining everything. I'm imagining eating amazing food every day and not putting weight on. I, mean, I can imagine loads of stuff. And God's able to do more than I can ask, imagine more than I can think. I'm not really sure it means that. Uh, does God really mean he wants to give me all that I can ask or I think? Because the truth is, yes, God really wants to bless you. God really wants to bless you abundantly. And God wants what's best for you. And God can do everything because he's all power and sovereign. But as I've read the verse closer, it becomes clear that Paul is praying that God will do infinitely more than they imagine, than they ask, than they think through God's mighty power at work within us. And that's not about God doing the impossible for me. That's about God doing the impossible through me. That's because of his mighty power at work within me. And that is what Paul is praying for, for the Ephesian Christians, for the church in Ephesus, to show through the church and through the Ephesian Christians, that God can do more than they can ask or imagine. Bishop Handley Moore wrote of this passage, who has not read and reread the closing verses of the third chapter of Ephesians with the feeling of one permitted to look through the parted curtain into the holiest place of the Christian faith? And actually, that's that awesomeness that I get when I read the passage. God can do anything, so much more. And I get so excited that we get to see part of heaven come down to earth and see the holiest of holiest in this world and see this world changed because of that, because we're putting verse 20 into action and, him, and seeing his mighty power at work within us. And we need to be those that get out of the trenches. We need to be those that put stuff behind us. We need to be those that desire God more, chase after God more, pursue God more as we see God working through our lives and doing the unimaginable. 
In, um, in half term, I went to Italy uh, and uh, I hired a car in Naples. I'm going to apologize to any Italians at this moment in time. They're nuts. It's just ridiculous. I just don't believe it. You're in the car and, uh, and no one does it. It's just, I've been in Bangkok, Naples. So after an adrenaline-fueled hour from the airport to where we were staying, and by adrenaline-fueled, I'm surprised I didn't have a heart attack, I googled how to drive in Italy. <laughs> it told me that Italians do not use their rearview mirror. They do not care who's behind them. They just care who's in front of them. I'm not even sure if that's true all the time. Uh, Signalling right or left means... Here I go, not I will go when all these cars in front of me have just cleared. <laughs> Unlike in other parts of the world where stop signs means drivers should come to a complete stop, stop signs in Italy make sure the coast is clear before proceeding. It says stop in English, it's not even in Italian. It's STO. Oh. Drive with confidence, be decisive. I'm not saying propel yourself into traffic without making sure it's safe. Just be aware that Italian drivers assume hesitation means you're not going. And then they drive around you. Now, I noticed this a lot, and I have no... It must have just been God that I didn't get the car back to the rental agency without a dent in it. I just, but the website was right. Italians drive knowing where they want to go, and they just go. Like, I, I'm not going to tell you the stories because it's just, just nuts. <sighs> They're focused drivers. But it made me think of um, how much am I desiring God? How much am I pursuing God? Because there are times in the UK where we're going through Cornwall and going, oh, that's a lovely village. Oh, yeah, stop for a cup of tea and coffee there. And, oh, let's go on a little bit more and we might get to the place. As long as it's not dark, it's fine. But the Italians, like, I'm getting there. We're going. Uh, how much are you pursuing God? How much are you chasing after God? Are you being like an Italian? Or are you being like a nice English country driver? Paul's prayer for the Ephesians is that they may desire and pursue God relentlessly. So I'm going to pray that for us now. Father God, just... Thank you for all you've done for us. You've done so much. And as we look at more of this passage, we just know you've done so much. But there's more that we don't know. And we want to pursue that. We want to relentlessly go after that. So Holy Spirit, come and help us be Italian drivers. Help us pursue you, not even noticing there are stop signs there. Let's just go for you. So we're going to look at four areas that Paul prays for the Ephesians to desire and pursue more. The first desire is more of the Holy Spirit. So in verse 16, Paul prays, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his Spirit. So Paul's praying for a deeper empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Which when I read this, I thought, oh, that's strange. Because in Ephesians 1 verse 14, Paul says that the Holy Spirit is God's guarantee that he'll give us the inheritance he promised. 
and that he purchased us to be his own people. So we've, we've got the Holy Spirit. But then Paul's praying that we're empowered with the Holy Spirit. But we've already got the Holy Spirit. And I get confused easily, I'll tell you. Uh, but there's a really important distinction with these two verses, which I think is really vital for us as Christians to understand. Because when we become Christians, we are given the Holy Spirit, which, as Paul says in chapter 1, is a deposit that guarantees we belong to Jesus. It cannot be taken away. And yet, we belong to Father God, and he's given us the Holy Spirit to show we're his. And actually, the Holy Spirit in our lives when we become Christians is a black and white thing. There's no gray areas. There's no middle ground. We've been given the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. We believe Jesus died from the cross, and God gives us the Spirit. However, this is different to what Paul is praying here. So Paul prays for an empowering through the Spirit. It's not a yes or no question. There's a gradient, there's a degree of an empowering. So I'm going to be a little bit irreverent at this moment in time, and just to help you maybe understand it the way that I tried to understand it, um, I just wondered that instead of getting the Holy Spirit when we became a Christian, we got a car. That would be kind of cool. I'm not into my cars, but it'd be kind of cool. We've got a car. So the car is our deposit showing that we belong to Jesus, that we'll never, ever change. We've always got that car. That car is ours forever. We belong to the family because we've got the car, because we've got the Holy Spirit. But the petrol gauge on the car can read anything from empty to full. It can be any degrees of having petrol. And that's what Paul's praying for them. He's praying that they'll have a fuller petrol tank. He's praying for empowerment. He's praying that, that they will have more of the Holy Spirit to be empowered, a greater filling, a greater depth, a greater understanding of the Holy Spirit. John Stott puts it much more reverently. He says, surely Christ dwells by his Spirit within every believer. So how can Paul ask here that Christ may dwell in their hearts? Was Christ not already within them? To these questions, we begin by replying that every Christian is indwelt by Christ and is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Nevertheless, as Charles Hodge rightly comments, the indwelling of Christ is a thing of degrees, and so is the inward strengthening of the Holy Spirit. Now, that actually is different to the teaching that I grew up with. It might be different to some of the teaching that you grew up with, some of the teaching that, that you believe at the moment, and maybe some of the things that you're, you're grappling with as we're going through this season of, of being filled with the Spirit, of, of, of reaching out with the Spirit, of, of pushing into all of that. So the challenge is this. If you're a Christian here this morning, you have the Holy Spirit. But are you being filled with the Spirit each day? Are you being empowered with the Spirit each day? You might know you have the Holy Spirit in your life, but are you ignoring that? Are you just getting on with stuff? Or are you saying, I need your power, Holy Spirit. I need you more and more in my life. We need to be those that seek empowering through the Holy Spirit. Because that's by degrees, and that's by how much we let God in. And then we move on to the next part of Paul's prayer, verse 17. And the NIV translates it slightly differently. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love. So Paul's praying the Ephesians would be strengthened to love. Strengthened to love God 
and to love each other. And he gives those two descriptions about love. He says, um, he says that we should be rooted in love like a tree, getting its nourishment and its food from the soil around it, which is love, uh, that we should be growing in love. And the second, that we're established in love, uh, like, like the firm foundations on a house, that those firm foundations that our life is built should be love. Paul is praying that the Ephesians would desire a deeper, a stronger love for God and each other. A love that would show the world what their faith is built on. A love that grows deeper like a tree and reaches out at the same time. A love that's not unpredictable, but it's firm like the foundations of a house. And Paul just knows that this is so important uh, for the Ephesian church at that time, which actually is very similar to our church. It's a diverse church, uh, and, and diversity brings its challenges. And, and we need healing over, over different situations, over different things, cultural differences maybe, racial differences, social differences, age differences. Whatever differences they are, when somebody holds a different point of view than you, we need to work together in that we need to be established to love we need to love each other and and they needed a deeper love that the more differences there are the more there is to resolve and the deeper love you need so Paul's praise that they have a deeper love to establish to love and they need to realize the only way they're going to break down those differences is by desiring and chasing God uh, and, and loving God and loving each other. And as they desire and, and seek after this, uh, th then, then they will know that they're God's family together because those differences will be broken down. And, and the more I thought about it, the more I thought, actually, this is similar to what Paul was praying about the Holy Spirit, that they would be filled with, with the Holy Spirit, such that there are degrees to which we are filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. There are degrees to which we allow ourselves to grow deeper in God's love and show that love. There are degrees to which we make that love our foundation for life. There are degrees to which we show that love to our brothers and sisters in this church, to those outside the church, to our friends, our families, our neighbours. There are degrees to which we are strengthened to love. And Paul prays and encourages the Ephesian church to desire to love more and more, not to settle with what they've got, to get out of that trench, to love and pursue loves God and live it out and show it to everyone. So he prays that for us, that we would be strengthened to love, build our life on loving God and showing that love to others. That might look different for all of us. That might mean that we need to seek forgiveness this morning over something we've done or over our attitude to a certain thing. That might mean that we need to be on that journey of breaking down those barriers that we have between each other. That, that, that might mean breaking down barriers to those outside the church and showing grace and showing mercy when people don't deserve it. But we need to be strengthened to love and not grow weary in it, to keep pressing on. And then Paul prays, uh, after he prays that they'll be strengthened to love, that they may have power to understand God's love for them. So verse 18, that you may have power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of God. 
I mean, before we get on to this passage about having power to understand God's love, there's a little verse in there that can be easily overlooked. Uh, And in the NIV translation, it says, I pray that you may have power together with all the Lord's people to understand God's love. And you see, the thing is, we can grasp some of God's love on our own, but actually, we get to grasp more of God's love together. And, and all the Lord's holy people, if you haven't guessed it, is everybody you can see around you today. It's the church. It's us. And, and we need to work out and understand God's love together as well as individually. Because we see God's love more in action as we do that. And I know Andy preached uh, about, um, about attitudes towards the church last week. And I just feel that uh, it's worth just examining yourself this morning uh, And I don't know what your thoughts of church are like. Uh, And if I'm perfectly honest, I've had struggles with various churches uh, over the years. But I think the important thing is to know that that we get to know more of God's love. We get to understand more of God's love together. And we need to work that through. And sometimes it might be hard and sometimes it might be easy. But actually, we get to understand what God has done for us more together together. So, so throw yourself into finding out, into working together, in, into speaking to others that you've never spoken to before. Because we have the opportunity to have that power to understand more of God's love together. And I, I, I love this verse, and I've loved this verse for when I was a teenager, uh, about Paul praying for power for the Ephesian Christians. And, and it always sounds great to me. And may you have the power. A little bit like He-Man, if any of you remember anything like that. And it's like, oh, yeah, I want God's power. I really, oh, God's power is just amazing. And and then you read the two little words afterwards. He's praying. He's not praying for power. He's praying for power to understand. I mean, that's, that's just weird, isn't it? He's talking about praying for power to understand God's love, to understand how wide and long and high and deep, to understand that God's love is, is enormous, it's great, it's big and humongous. He's praying for power to understand. It's not power in their lives. It's power to understand how much God loves them. And, and And actually, you then get to verse 19, where it says, they're never going to understand anyway. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand. This power is just so amazingly massive. It's greater than we can ever understand. And we need each other to do it. We need a relationship with God to do it. We need the Holy Spirit to come and fill us to do it. We need power to just understand what God's done. And it's just so mind-blowing we'll never get there but you know what the more you get there the more you realize how much he loves you and the more you realize how much he loves you the more you want to know a bit more and it just goes on and on because he loves you so much I I work with a man called Louis Valencia who's a Filipino pastor uh, who helps teach basic truths to the persecuted church uh, in Asia and he's come up with uh, there's about 10 of these paper points now, the problem in Asia is electricity doesn't always work. Uh, and uh, you're talking to people, and uh, they, this is something they can take away. So this is a paper point, not a PowerPoint, paper point. Uh, and uh, this is a paper point on the kingdom of God and what we receive when we put our trust in Jesus and realize that he died for us. So as you can see down this side, sin blocks the way to get to God. So Jesus, the promised one, the promised seed... 
uh, who lived perfectly without sin, died in our place. And Jesus overcame the power of death and Satan. We're no longer under judgment. Jesus made us right with God. There's righteous power which gives eternal life to God our Father. And Jesus brought in a new covenant uh, and, uh, and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And Jesus makes into a new creation, giving us the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Jesus becomes Lord and King of our lives, which is amazing because he also has power over all earthly lords and kings. And it just goes on and on. And there's so much other detail uh, that is in this paper point. But there is even more detail in the Bible and as we get to experience what God's done for us. And just the more we understand what he's done for us and the more we understand how much he loves us, it's just amazing. And it really needs to drive us to our knees and it doesn't always. Sometimes, instead of being in awe, I'm just like, yeah, God, I've heard that again. That's happened. But we need power to really understand this. We need to pray for power to understand this. We need to read our Bibles more. We need to pray. We need to meet together. We need to understand how much God loves us. And we need the Holy Spirit to empower us to do that to open up our minds and our hearts to how much God loves us. And that's what Paul prays for. He prays that power, that they may understand how much God loves them. And then before we get to verse 20, we see a glimpse uh, of heaven on earth as verse 20 comes. Paul prays the Ephesians will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, again, I'm, I'm not very clever theologically and stuff, but I've read books that are, and apparently completeness means holiness. It's talking about God's holiness. And Paul is praying that the Ephesians would be holy, that they would be perfect before God. Paul's praying that they may live holy lives, that they may strive for purity, to be holy as God is holy, to be perfect as our Father God is perfect. I mean, it's just an immense prayer, isn't it? That Paul is praying the Ephesians may be perfect. And he knows that they can't do it on their own. He knows they can't get holy and live perfectly on their own. And that's why he's praying for a greater empowerment of the Holy Spirit. How are you doing with that? Is your life sorted? If you're saying yes, then um, you're wrong. <laughs> I think since um, Richard has been back from Bogota, I, I, I've tried to be open to the Holy Spirit to help me change. And there's been areas in my life that I've asked the Holy Spirit to empower me, to help me change and be more holy. And, and, and it's been hard. And the more that I've seen the Holy Spirit help me change those areas of my life and, and transform me, the more I've seen actually there are areas that I haven't even thought about before. It's like, oh my goodness, God, I'm really sorry for that. I haven't. How's that happened? I've just forgotten that completely. My attitude to things that annoy me, maybe programs on the television 
things that I've got used to over the years that, that might not drive me away from God, but they don't drive me towards God. Are you pursuing holiness? Because I think we need to be people that pursue holiness. But again, not for our salvation, but to see God's transforming power in our lives and see him do more than we ask or imagine. You see, I think we all want to get to verse 20 as quickly as possible. Even you like that wanted different verses. We want to get to verse 20 as quickly as possible. We want to see God do more than we can think, than we can ask, than we can imagine. We want to see his mighty power at work. But the more I've read Paul's prayer to the Ephesians, the more I've realized that every area that he's praying for them have degrees of working towards. Like the petrol gauge on the car, telling how full or empty it is. How much am I being empowered by the Holy Spirit? How much am I letting the Holy Spirit empower me every day? How much am I strengthening my love for God and for others? How much am I desiring a deeper understanding of God's love? How much am I pursuing holiness? Because they all have a gauge. They all have various degrees of fullness in my life. They don't change my standing before my Father God. Jesus has still forgiven me. It's by his grace I am saved. It is nothing to do with me. The Holy Spirit is still guaranteeing my inheritance that I belong to my Father. But how much am I desiring God? How much am I pursuing God? How much am I running after God? How much am I hiding in my trench? And how much am I trying to get over that trench and into no man's land and see God do the miraculous? Because if I want God to do more than I can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within me, then I believe I need to fill up my gauges. Don't misunderstand me. God can and graciously does do more than we ask or imagine, and it's not to do with me. But if I want to be used by God, if I want to see God do more than I can ask or imagine in my life, then I need to be filled with the Spirit. I need to be empowered through the Holy Spirit. I need to be strengthened to love. I need to understand how much God loves me. I need to strive for holiness. And in a time where we're praying for revival, when a time when we're praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, where we long for God to do more than we ask or imagine, we all need to be those who are filling up those gauges. We need to relentlessly desire more of God. We need to drive our spiritual lives like Italians. Naples Italians. Naples, I don't even know what it is. We, we need to drive relentlessly to drive through stop signs to just pursue and chase after God so I'm going to ask the band to, to come up uh, and, uh, and I've just got uh, just want you to come forward you know if if you want God to do more than you can ask or imagine I want you to come forward this morning if actually you don't know Jesus this morning and yet you know that you've settled for less you know that actually you want more from this life. And Jesus is the answer. There are loads of people here and throw over the world that will tell you that. So if you don't know Jesus this morning and you want to pursue that, I want you to come down to the front. And if you want to do more 
for God that he can ask or imagine. If you want to fill up those gauges, if you want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit this morning, then I'm going to ask you to come forward as well. Uh, because, I don't know, I think we all need it. Uh, so we're... Band's going to play us a song. If that's you this morning, I'm going to invite you to come uh, forward. So if we just stand...